Hello, and welcome to the Airbyte podcast. In this series, we're going to be discussing the UniApp story. And this entails a lot of things, you know, the whole journey from, from starting uni to, to building, building the app that got, got around 15k users. The students used every day um, and we're going to be going through the details discussing the highs and the lows and ultimately the the end of UniApp. So join us on our journey. Today we're kicking off a new series, a three-parter I believe. Is that correct Steve? That's right, that's right. Can't wait. Um, so we're going to be talking about UniApp. Um, and we're going to talk all about it, but in summary, it's a university application, the uh, co-founders of Airbyte created at university. So before we go into the details and the story, why don't we give a quick rundown of what UniApp was? Uh, okay, so UniApp was essentially a one-stop mobile portal for all the information you would need across your university uh, life. So it would contain all your educational resources uh, and information, and that might be, you know, links to Blackboard, um, your email, calendar, uh, including your timetable, uh, as well as general information like who do you call to, you know, how do you call campus security? What's their number? Um, and it, it just contained or tried to contain everything that we felt everyone should have ac easy access to. So, so tell me. Go on. The early days. Early days. Let's set the scene. Let's set the scene. So, University of Reading is a... In 2011, they were a top 2% university um, based in the UK. So, university life in the UK is very different to US in terms of what people maybe expect from university culture. Um, yeah, and, and Steve and I both arrived doing computer science at University of Reading back in 2011. Mm -hmm. uh, campus-based university, so everything's kind of in one place, very green. Yeah, it's a very community-driven university, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and how were the the first 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 few few terms at uni? Yeah, good. I mean, um, I met Ross in my first week, I think first day maybe, um, of lectures. Um, it was a software engineering module, uh, I walked into the door late burst through the door and uh, the lecturer asked me to pick a team because they had already grouped up. Oh, there you it's go. like a project-based module. So I was wide-eyed and I looked around and <laughs> Ross looked right. You know, he looked the most normal guy there out of all the what other computer What a compliment. Uh, <laughs> of all the other computer science guys with ponytails and whatnot. <laughs> so um, <laughs> went over. I can't say that. <laughs> <Why> not? <laughs> Nothing wrong with ponytails. <laughs> So I walked over and yeah, joined his group. Nice. And that's kind of when our uh, initial friendship and yeah, that's where we started talking and meeting up and that's where it blossomed. Yeah, we, we kind of got thrown into this group project together. So it's immediately, you know, as most university students end up doing, getting thrown onto a project together that sometimes has really problematic people um, that aren't really into do work. Uh, and Steve kind of naturally took leadership in that project as well. So it started showcasing kind of uh, his skills early on. Okay, so if if we take it back before uni, the reasons behind you know taking that specific course, the computer science courses that you guys did. Yeah. What were the kind of motivations there? What were your plans? Uh, personally, I didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> I I took a year out after I left college. I left college kind of uh, with really average uh, grades and. I went out there to try to get some kind of web jobs. I knew I, I was obviously naturally, not obviously, but naturally quite good at tech and um, really interested in programming and everything like that. And played around with a lot of web content stuff. So I went to try and get loads of content jobs or like content management jobs. Um, and they must have looked at me and thought, nah, like straight away. I was this guy straight out of college, um, which is like third tier education, I guess, rather than university. Um, and yeah, like I wouldn't have hired me and I was way out of my depth. So at that point, I spent a year kind of moping around, um, working in the supermarket and then being like, okay, I need to step this up and create new opportunity. 
and that's why I ended up going to university at all. And I think for me, like computer science was the only thing I could really see myself doing in career in a career path. So what what about you, Steve? So before university, I I did a rather than doing A levels, I did a BTEC diploma um, in computing. Um, I think I chose that mainly because that was the only thing I, I was interested in at that time. Just uh, obviously, I, I was a big gamer when I was younger, so I made quite a few websites and hacked around on different tools and things. So I was pretty interested in general computing as a whole. So yeah, I studied that in college, and then that got me into university. Um, I think I joined university wanting to do uh, being like a network technician. I think that was the initial pipe dream. But um, who dreams of that? Like, who <laughs> dreams I, like this is a humble I'm dream? I'm going to be a Cisco engineer. <laughs> <laughs> well, humble. And as part of the college degree, I did a like a Cisco CCNA <laughs> thing, which I'm like totally proud of. I say it everywhere. But he really did. It was <laughs> it was the hardest thing I'd ever done up to that point. But I really enjoyed it. Like that was that was good. Good, awesome. good learning curve. So that, yeah, I came to university wanting to be a network technician. Yeah, I, I also had the thing where I didn't actually want to, I almost didn't want to go to university. Um, and I had a thing where, slight tangent, but I applied for like loads of internship style roles as well. Because at that time it was in the UK kind of heavily promoted rather than going to university, save yourself loads of money, do like apprenticeship style schemes as well. Big corporates are starting to offer them out. So I applied for a couple and I um, got like a chance at IBM to go and interview for this like apprenticeship role, which is like a four-year apprenticeship scheme. And the interview fell like the day after I moved into university. And uh, my parents were like, oh, you should go do it. And at a point I was like, well, yeah, I'm not that set on university, uh, so I'll, I'll do it. So I literally moved in like on the Sunday and went for the interview. On, no, moved in on Saturday, went for the interview like that Monday. And then um, I got offered the role. So then for like for the first few weeks whilst I'm at university, I'm debating actually whether I'm sticking around. And obviously, university is like extremely, and no, not many people talk about this, but it's extremely, or can be extremely lonely, like in those first couple of weeks particularly, where you, you're obviously making new friends, but none of them are actually like friends. They're surface friends, like they're people that you're, you maybe get on with there and then, but they're not stuff that you would confide in or, or talk, talk in depth with about life-changing stuff. Like, should I leave university at this point? Um, so yeah, at that point I was sure. like, what do I do? Obviously, uh, I, I decided to stay at university. My dad was very annoyed um, and he thought I should have gone to IBM. Um, it was a really good opportunity. And yeah, I then had to basically try and prove him wrong, which was a bit of a fire. So after, after you settled into uni, you guys are friends? Yep. Um, are you kind of working on side stuff or are you focusing on your studies? Are you building any you know, websites or apps on the side, you know, at the start? Or I, I don't think so. Um, no. I think we're, we were just uh, bonding in general. Um, I'm focusing on university because I guess when you first arrive, you think of nothing else apart from what you're there to do, mm -hmm. like electric courses and then um, things like that. I mean, we, we did uh, we did like random conversations, I think, about kind of different business ideas in general yeah absolutely um, at, at that point we were kind of like we kind of I, we never actually said it but we were kind of both like we need to do something together mm. so were you aware of the kind of entrepreneurial flair in that and if you or the startup scene if you like was it was it much of that back then um not yet I it definitely think. definitely wasn't a thing like it is now um i, I wasn't i think we, we just uh, from my point of view, i felt a bit outside the whole student scene almost not not a typical student going out getting drunk and whatnot I, I was kind of looking at it from a different point of view and that meant I could I don't know see opportunities or wanting to start something else yeah yeah same that's that's yeah as I kind of alluded to you know I saw it as opportunity um, and I had fire to prove my dad wrong and, and make sure that I was actually making the most of the opportunity and not wasting it by you know doing the typical student thing so it's like okay how do I do well my course but also actually use the kind of freedom that I've now got to you know stay up late and build something or stay up late and 
try and nuke something new. So at what point after after your many discussions did you guys come across the problem that the UniApp went out to solve? Or was it or was it you just kinda of built something and kinda of found a fit for it in the student market in which you are currently, you know, experiencing day to day? Do you remember us discussing it at all? I don't. No, me neither. So, <laughs> like, I think prior to, all right, there's a lot. There's a lot of backstory here. There's a lot of backstory. We're about six months in to our university course, and things are going okay. It's first year, so everyone has the common thing. Or first year doesn't matter, um, but you still try really hard for some reason. And uh, it was coming up to exam period, and I think at that point, yeah, it was at, at that point. My mum actually got really ill. And so it's like the worst time to be away from home. And I remember, I, I remember Steve in, in our like group, there was a couple of others and they would always not take the piss, but like always comment, oh, he was going home every weekend or whatever. And no one knew. So I was just there like channeling, channeling this uh, kind of emotion. And at that point I was like, okay, how do I, how do I turn this into something positive? How do I spend the time that I'm having to spend in like this horrible uh, dorm room style like uh, accommodation for almost like a prison cell, right? Like in some cases, probably a bit better because you get an ensuite, but you know, <laughs> you see where I'm going. And yeah, how do I channel that? So I was like, I'm going to build something. I'm going to try something out. Um, and at first it was like a a website and then I was like, okay, so what what can I put on this on this website and at that time I was thinking along the lines of what if we put a collection of links and then I was, you know, started going along the thing of okay or I use all these different types of links I was looking at my bookmarks bar like the, the one you have at the top at the time it had like email timetable and all that so I was like all right let's pull that in and then the stage up from that was this whole mobile revolution that was coming and I think even at that time I was rolling a BlackBerry um, curve, you know, that amazing QWERTY keyboard. Steve had old school Nokia, um, I distinctly remember. And I was, I was like in that kind of phase of like, I desperately wanted an iPhone, but couldn't afford an iPhone. So I think I was like aiming to buy an iPad, but was trying to wait for my next student loan payment to come through. And so at that point I was like, well, I'll try out um like xcode and like a simulator and, and i went all along that and the first time i kind of launched nap i was blown away um and by the potential of it and that's something that still happens now like when i see new platforms or anything like that i get excited about the potential of it and at that point i put on i basically started converting this like website into a mobile app um which is all web-based still so it's not native it's a bit terrible but uh, it was kind of cool. And then I started using it, I think, like for the next like couple of hours, just like playing around with it. And I thought, I'm going to show this to someone else. And, you know, university, Steve, Steve, I'll show Steve for Steve will be interested in this. So essentially it was an app. Yeah. So it was a collection of links. Yeah. Made through a, through a website kind yeah. of conversion. Yeah. So you used a platform called PhoneGap, um, which essentially was just a, a wrapper for, website content it was all offline uh and then all it did was just have like well the, the first like proper first version that i showed to steve was literally just like um a collection of links to other web pages yep. so it wasn't wasn't anything really yep. so you showed steve you said steve take a look at this yeah <laughs> yeah then i mean <laughs> Even if it wasn't the app, it was the iPhone. That <laughs> <amazed> me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, so, you, uh, so you did get an iPhone. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. As soon as like you start getting into that process of like, oh, I can build stuff for this. I think I ordered it like the same day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's insane. It was yeah. It was very cool, and it was like an immediate like value. You could see the value immediately, and. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and then I, I remember Steve saying, like, oh, you should put this in there, you should put that in there, like maps and mm. um, other information. And so I was like, okay, cool, I'll, I'll keep building it. And, like, I think just getting that through of, like, Steve, like, liking something that I've made, and I'm like, if he likes it, other people will probably like it. So we should try and get this out there. Yeah, it was, it was like, um, 
it was it was a really fun time because it was creating something new no one had done before uh and using everything that we knew so we knew exactly what the student wanted um and we kind of knew the best way to put it in an app as well just through our own like user experience just where the things sit yeah we were lucky that we were the customer essentially yeah. uh so we know knew exactly what we wanted yeah. uh, but even then like some people's needs were different from others that's yeah. why like i wanted to show it to steve to see like would he use this in would he find this as useful as i would you've got this early version yeah you know steve but to see the potential and you're kind of really excited that you're able to to produce this app mm -hmm. with the collection of links you are finding it useful you know you're using the links obviously that's what you use day to day were you telling other people? Were, were other people kind of interested, or did they not really understand? Well, that's the thing. Like our, you know, computer science—they're not terribly social people. Um, so other than kind of the the group groups that I'd been thrown in, you know, I, I wouldn't talk to that many co course mates. So I didn't actually talk to that many customers in in quotes. Yeah. But um, I think our kind of excuse me, my our kind of. Uh, mantra to it was let's just get this thing out there as soon as possible and see what happens like it'll be i think we were just more excited about having something out there that we made and mm. and that we had our name on that was quite exciting yeah. um and i think at, at that point steve like just got an android phone as well so it was kind of like this unspoken rule of all right i'm gonna do the ios and you you can do the the android app yeah. and uh the, the only problem at that point is this was like smack bang in the middle of exam period um i distinctly remember like day before an exam i was working on uni app rather than revising for my exam yeah but when it was first kind of i guess released in the app store as well mm -hmm. just looking at the name of it it was university of reading <laughs> uni app like which in hindsight was probably not the best move <laughs> but it it's uh yeah it was having it was just like having ownership of, of something that was public Available for download. At this point, did you see the downloads rolling in, or was it? Yeah, well, not rolling in. So we released on June fourth, two thousand eleven, and I think like June fifth, it was like one download. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, that's probably me. But oh my god, <laughs> and then the next day it was like four downloads, and I was like, and I remember like every day I'd be like messaging Steve like, oh my god, four downloads, right. like, and. We were like, who is it? Like, it could yeah. be, you know, we don't know. We haven't told anyone. It was just us two. We might, we might have, like, publicized it maybe on our Facebook and stuff like that. But we hadn't explicitly gone out and been like, you should download this. And so people were naturally discovering this product. And that was, like, really, really exciting. Yeah, and rewarding. Uh, yeah, super rewarding. And, and it was, like, so motivating. So we, like, I would be working, like, all evenings just, like, work, doing extra features, new bug fixes, because I knew people were downloading it and people were like i was connecting with people that i'd never spoken to before and that was just really exciting to be awesome to be doing so was that consistent with did you see every day new users and how long did that that last for uh it didn't stop like it was from that point it would just constantly would increase slowly like it wasn't like um you know one day six people one day six thousand it was it was a very gradual and slow process that took you know a couple of years um, and I think it hit home for us was when uh, the university themselves reached out to us. And so we knew at that point, someone from the university had heard about this or seen this. So I think it was like 10 days after re we released the app, um, we got an email through from uh, th this woman that we'd never heard of. And uh, she said, Hi Ross, I noticed with interest, with interest, that you have developed a University of Reading Uni app. I'd like to meet you and Steve to chat about this. Please could you let me know your availability? And so I, I remember sending this to Steve like freaking out because I was like, uh, I, I, I think it was only until we got this that it dawned on me we could be in trouble for doing this. Um, mostly around the kind of using the name sort of thing. Mm. So did you think it was quite a negative? Yeah, yeah, it came across really, it came across quite negative. And so okay. I, I panicked. Steve, being the cu cool cucumber he is, was kind of like, don't worry about it. Um, we'll go and see what they want. And did you, this this woman from the university? Yeah, so, th so then I looked her up and it was like, sh she was head of digital at, okay. at the university. And I was like, oh no, 
like what have we done um and you know she asked about me and she asked about steve by, ne- by name and like she already, she already knew that he was involved um i don't know how don't know <laughs> i have no idea how like within 10 days as well like i yeah it must have been in the app yeah. i think at the time um and so yeah we were, we were both really worried we set up a, a meeting um in like some part of the university we've never been in uh, and and yeah so we, we went along to that and it was surprisingly positive they were like you know it's really cool what you're doing um you just need to make sure you're making it clear that you're not the university and we mm-hmm. were like cool yeah fair enough like we're trying to make make sure that happens like that was always on our mind we didn't want to be misinterpreted for university we didn't want to anger the university we were still students there um still like in first year still nervous kind of first year um and we wanted to uh just get recognition for it make sure that they they knew what we were doing and that they didn't mind and it seemed at that point we were all good they're they're actually really um they're asking us quite a few questions around how we actually did it which is really interesting um because it was a new obviously it's quite new technology and uh within that meeting there was um kind of an it guy who worked at the university and the digital team and they were were asking us yeah they were really like i think they were uh, impressed by what we've done um and wanted to find out how we did it yeah and they yeah they wanted to see the motives as well about why we're doing it um i think they asked us if we're making money or how we're (laughs) in 10 days um (laughs) yeah yeah it was yeah but it, it was a friendly conversation definitely so that ended up to be the first contact of many yeah so many that's meetings. that's where it all began and, and it was positive and i think we went away just kind of like um saying oh you know keep in touch you know let us know how it's going it kind of a, it was almost like a traditional investor meeting where you're way too early and the, and you sign up and you pitch and then they're like cool you're really early come back in like a year or whatever uh so we were like cool and we were buzzing like we were, we were like oh you know nothing can stop us now we, we've got we've got essentially approval right we're we're ready to go okay so after your first meeting what was what was on your mind what were you kind of racing home to to go work on the app more new features new developments yeah i mean that um as ios was becoming huge um there's also android um android was still quite uh, awful. at this time it was awful <laughs> It was awful, and <laughs> it was, I think, focused on the developers. Well, not that sort of person, like a Linux user, a very old, you know, old school. It was pretty horrible user interface. There was pretty much non-existent graphical uh, sense to it. So it was pretty, yeah, it wasn't great. However, um, coming from an Nokia phone, <laughs> my next phone was an Android. Um, can't remember what type of Android. Do you remember? Wasn't it like a weird orange phone? Could have been. It's yeah, like a yeah. weird. It was known brown orange. <laughs> <laughs> was it? I've been, yeah. Was it like touchscreen and stuff? Yeah, yeah, but it was like capacitive touch, so it was like horribly slow. Yeah. So when you press it, it like wait a second before yeah, sure. it selected it. Yeah. 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 Um, no and offense. <laughs> <laughs> and because we knew, um, I mean, Android was growing as well. This was probably the next stage to go, as we wanted to target basically every student um, at the university. We knew that we had to support a different platform. And as uh, Ross utilized PhoneGap um, to build the initial iOS version, Android could be very easily ported. Um, I think it took didn't take like, it took no, a it day maybe um, to transfer what he'd made on iOS through to Android, um, and then test it on my phone, and then yeah, we released it. Ready to go. And yeah. did you did you see much traction with the Android app? Um, it, yeah, th- there's a similar start to iOS, I guess, as it started. Um, a slow trickle. Mm. Uh, Android was still very. I think I, I can't remember the, the percentages of Android users to iOS, but yeah. it was very low compared um, to iOS. And just in general, when you know you're talking about these these early phones, you know, saving up for the iPhone. Yeah. Was there much usage with students? Um, S- yeah, surprisingly, there was. Luckily, there was like at this time there was kind of the foreign influx as well of students, and they were bringing because they usually had um, quite a lot of, you know, they were quite wealthy. They would actually come with all these high-end phones, and what we found it was actually like these types of people that would be downloading the product at that point. Yeah. And we were kind of just ahead of the curve in terms of adoption and the kind of 
people getting the second-hand phone from their parent. Yeah. And for instance. And it's kind of like you walk into electrical now and you'll see everyone has like a new MacBook Pro. Yeah, it was absolutely not like that at the time. Mm. Um, it was kind of... I don't even know what the percentage was, but... Not new, but... Yeah, yeah it, was, it was very... Um, yeah, it was very early days, and, and we kind of did see, though, that Android was picking up pace, and we knew that we had to support it. At the same time, BlackBerry is really popular, and so we actually made BlackBerry a priority for us to, to deploy on, um, and we did try to roll out the app on BlackBerry, but I couldn't. <laughs> the, the review process was terrible, <laughs> and we never made it, but we tried. Yeah, so, so now it was summer, first year, end of first year. We mm-hmm. go away for summer. You know, we go back home, essentially. Um, yeah, I was working at Gatwick, WH Smith, represent, <laughs> and I was only doing three days a week, and I made a conscious effort. I was like, right, two days a week, I'm going to spend doing uni app stuff. I didn't even know, like, at that point, we didn't know what we were building. It was more just like, all right, let's make it as big as we could. And I think Steve had a, a similar kind of... Yeah, I was, yeah, I was working at an aluminium factory. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I had, I had three Making times loads of money, by the way. Yeah, it was a high-paying <laughs> job. <laughs> What a job, yeah. Aluminium factory. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, but obviously, in between that and after, I remember. Yeah, the whole summer was very dedicated to Uniap. Um, we, yeah, I mean, we we got propositioned. I don't know. I don't know where they came from or how they found us, um, but we got emails through from people who had seen the app, and they wanted to get in t- contact because a they wanted to launch their own app, or they saw potential, so they would help us potentially scale it and grow it and as part of that that kind of got us thinking of um, a monetization and also be maybe we should start thinking about the business side of it um, yeah and I think we we maybe even scoped out like an in- initial business plan or something I remember over that summer we were, we were writing something um, around how we how we I think it was for one of these like potential people that came to us and asked for a, I don't know, some business plan. Yeah. Um, and we put something like, really rushed together. And it, yeah, it was just random people getting contact. And yeah, it was a fun time. Yeah, I think at that point it was like a really vague, like, oh, we're going to scale this to all universities. It wasn't even like how. It was just like, oh, we're just going to scale it. Every yeah. university is going to have this. And um, it was kind of like this pipe dream that we never actually thought about until that summer where we started thinking, like, okay, how do we, you know, how do we use this as a platform to, to do more? And push it on. So, just briefly, on the you know companies coming to you guys and saying about their own apps. Yeah, it was just a time where a lot of people were kind of rushing to to build an app. Yeah, it was it was probably just before the gold rush. I'd say it was like a lot of people kind of being like, "What uh, you what what is this mobile thing?" And then then be like, "I heard you do this mobile thing," mm. and so it's like, "Okay, well, yeah, we can." Um, we can help with with some of some of that um and at that point as well is a lot of people coming to us with some native products and then we're like oh we don't actually know that because we're like really experienced devs but no one knows at this point and um we just kind of would use that as kind of an opportunity to kind of explore these products and see see what was out there and see how it does i think none of them really came to anything it's more just like initial chats about what we could possibly do in the future we, yeah, we got our first feeling of being a developer, um, I think, and getting, having people contact us about a, how to build an app and giving advice and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think it was it became really clear, like midway through that summer, it was like, well, we're not going to stop doing this. Like, we got to keep pushing on because we've already got interest. We've already got stuff that's happening because we're doing this. So like, and we've only been doing it for say a month at that point. Like let's let's keep going and see where we can take this. So over summer, what development of the actual application did you guys? Yeah, so the the first version was like zero point zero point one, which was always um, kind of not a joke, but kind of like a a public acknowledgement that it was a very early product and it was not designed or intended to be a final product. And so we started kind of looking going back a step and thinking like what if we were to start again and redesign this and I remember doing countless redesigns and showing Steve like all these different types of design there was like a grid layout a list layout um, oh, there was all sorts it was, 
yeah, I think we were just finding, trying to find ways of presenting uh, an, an array or a list of items in the best way yeah. and the most accessible. So we're, we're essentially um, doing product design, like UX and <laughs> UI design, and trying to find, you know, what's the best way to present all this information, information hierarchy and all that. And um, we didn't get that far, I think. I think we just ended up making like a lot of good improvements to the current app. And so we were, we were still tweaking and we were, we were, as as it got more and more popular, we became much more sensitive to change it because we knew it was working and we didn't want to change it if it wasn't broken. Yeah. yeah. And you guys were obviously, as you spoke before, very aware of the, the business side of things, you know, scaling that up. Yeah. And even doing doing more mobile technical work. So second year rolls around. Second year, hardest year of my life because of university was brutal in terms of like work on. So... Uh, kind of coming towards the other summer and we're like okay best time of the best time of the year uh to start marketing a product freshers like a whole con- cohort of people that come in uh probably have got later phones than even the people that are still there so fresh blood and we're like okay how do we do this so we did the traditional thing we've got some t-shirts hastily made up they were they were t- they were actually pretty good but they were terrible at the same time we got some leaflets which are also terrible but pretty good at the same time um, and that logo, which I like, cringe about now. Um, have you still got? You? Yeah, we should try and find one. What put, put the logo? Yeah, like yeah. no, those leaflets. We oh, had like absolutely loads of them because yeah. Steve was in charge of procuring all this, and he went a tad overboard with like the amount we ordered. Um, and then we asked it's the aluminium money. Yeah, it's all that. It's all that money. Yeah, like unbound. And uh, and at that point, we like asked um, kind of people that we lived with to help us during freshers week go around and flyer and um like just yeah flyer and get word out yeah. uh that it this app is available it was a pretty strict regimen <laughs> like <laughs> we we had uh, time allocations of when uh, our friends would work and yeah. mornings afternoons depending on what lectures they had and we um, tried to do it strategically based on like where people were going like if there was yeah. fire talks we had to have people by the fire talks yeah. and like other stuff yeah around the university and so very yeah, go on. yeah it's very um gorilla like and, and also the the rusu rusu we didn't know this but they had a strict policy of this is the student's union by the way yeah rusu is reading university student union they have a strict policy of no one is allowed to fly or be on premises during kind of fresh or even throughout university without paying mm-hmm. a huge sum of money <laughs> yeah um so we had to kind of work around them and dodge them a little bit <laughs> um they didn't get too upset i don't think because i don't know we maybe got taught to push off every so often yeah but um but yeah that that's a that's something that we learned and but yeah we, we got we handed out lots of flyers and we did see a, a big spike in activity yeah is at that point we like i think it was on the thursday which is kind of like freshers fair day so the university is absolutely littered with people giving out free stuff and like um leaflets so people were more willing i guess to look at leaflets and uh, just a bit more keen that day and we managed to get into like the top 20 like free apps on the app store and we were like what like we were actually like it's crazy just like this effect that we could have and because it was all that like campus based like it was a rush to of people going to download it it meant it soared up the charts remember this is early days there's a lot less apps then um and yeah we, we were absolutely buzzing um from from this week that we did yeah. So you are very much again, you know, you you weren't just taking the seat as the developers, you're doing operations, marketing, you know, guerrilla marketing, and yeah, uh, uh, managing people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm really trying to trying to get that that pushed. Yeah, I mean, we just had one goal, and that was to get as many users as we could at that time, and we knew people wanted it. Once they that once they were on it, they loved it. So yeah. it and was such an easy thing to do. Was there an end goal with with all these people? You know, were you thinking about you know we need to get X number of users so we can we can monetize this? No. We can let's start making money. Not at all. Um, that I don't think that passed our minds no, for a long time. No, even even as we were in this stage, we just as Steve said, we just wanted critical mass. We just wanted people on on this on this app, and then we'd worry. I mean, money wasn't a big thing for us. We didn't need it at that yeah. point. We were, you know, Steve was loaded from his summer job and student loan was supporting me and uh i think at that point it just didn't it didn't actually come for us which i think is what what helped us actually to try and take advantage of that situation and force money out of it 
So after your marketing efforts, yeah, you know, were pretty successful by the sounds of it. What came after that? You know, you said you mentioned second year was was tough academically. Yeah, so I, I think at that point we there wasn't that much maintenance for us to do. There was a couple of like bug fixes. We were getting collecting lots of feedback, and I think we kind of both agreed that we would we will rebuild this. Like we, we'll do version two. It'll be amazing. Um, but as I was saying, like I was doing loads of designs and trying loads of different prototypes. And we, we never really got anywhere. So second year kind of got in the way. Uh, and we we then started talking with the university a bit more as well. And we started uh, talking with loads of different departments, ranging from um, people that loved us, you know, people from our own department that were like, you're doing a, a really good thing. You should keep, you know, don't let anyone stop you from doing this. Um, to legal, who were literally like, you should stop doing this. So there was like completely different ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we just, yeah, we just kept going. Yeah. yeah but I mean, as much as we wanted, um, uh, students to use it, we also, um, sent loads of emails and meetings with, uh, departments as well. So we, we sent emails to departments saying, can you send this out to all your students? So that was another way in from a marketing point of view. So we, we emailed like psychology, politics, computer science departments saying, can you, like forward this on to your students yeah and then even some of them some of these departments actually put our app on the web on their part of the website mm. so like you go to like uh, psychology department of the university and it would have our app on there yeah. as like a useful resource and we we were like oh, that's, that's pretty cool we, and and we were we were thinking at that point okay we're, we're going towards adoption like no one mm. said it but we're you know we're looking at a potential arrangement here that this could become the university app and we knew we just had to step it up a notch mm. for it to for it to do that so we were like okay let's just get as many people on it on the app as we could and we were hard at work trying to build version two okay so your big marketing push second year how were your numbers looking were they healthy were they were they they growing? were healthy we were around five to six k okay, which at the time was like a quarter of the university population yeah and that's that's a huge step up from yeah from it, it, from it blew year. up like over freshers it, it you know it went tenfold and then it kind of just stayed there um oh, that's great and yeah it was, it was really it's, it looked sustainable and it, and it was something that we knew would continue year on year at that rate if we kept it up but we were becoming increasingly aware that our time there was limited like at the end of year three we both probably asked each other about like placement years and stuff like that but we were both like okay at the end of year three we're gonna we're gonna leave so we need to start thinking how you know what next yeah and i mean yeah talking about the numbers the only reason a lot of the time when when we were pitching and uh, trying to get uh, students down owned it a lot of their answers were i don't have a smartphone yet <laughs> and yeah. that was one of the main barriers for us <laughs> that they didn't crazy, have yeah. a smartphone to download the app otherwise they would it, that's insane think yeah. about it now yeah it's weird. or they just didn't want to download yet oh. no because we we, <laughs> we we told people to like force them to get their phone out to yeah. <laughs> to show them because we because a lot of people we found they didn't know they had an android phone it was back in the day where like yeah they'd be like oh is this a smartphone and then you'd be like yeah that's running a, or just a really terrible version of android but you are sure. you have a smartphone and so they'll be like oh show me how to install that yeah wow yeah so wow. it's a lot about the education yeah, yeah. side of of yeah. nice. mobile era so you're almost a lot of a lot of people's first First app, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many, but maybe some. Yeah, there would have been people that probably just weren't that that way aware of how smartphones work. Yeah. So you had you had your healthy numbers. We've spoken about this. Yeah. Did you ever contact anyone to say, look, there's an advertising opportunity? So after um, we got our kind of bunch of users on, um, I think uh, we left it till about Easter term um, in our second year. And we thought about, because students is a very much community-driven place and uh, students love to get uh, takeaways or, or food or uh, taxis or whatever it is um, on demand, we thought this was a good opportunity for us to start making a bit of money from it. Um, so I can't remember how we would, we would plug it into the system because it, I don't know, how did we? Well, this was part of like the version two approach. So we were like, in version two, we oh. could add right, yeah, yeah, maybe space for this sort of stuff, maybe space for our, not advertising, but like local sponsorships or mm. local partnerships. 
um, alongside other things. So we're, at this point, we were like thinking, all right, we've started to get this like user base, five, six K people, which at the time was a lot of people. Like, wh- what could we do? Could we do like the whole like local delivery service or um, secondhand books selling and stuff? You know, the traditional uh, business ideas that come out of university. Could could we apply that to this this thing? Yeah, so that's kind of part of the infrastructure, I guess, of version two. We needed the links to be uh, adaptable. We needed to be able to push links to the app whenever we needed to without having to up do an app update or whatever. So I think this was the first time that we built out a server. It was. Or or utilized Pars. Yeah. Pars was a... <sighs> rest in peace, Pars. Rest in peace. But it was, it was a fantastic service where yeah, it kind of acted as your back end without having to write one. So uh, you could host a bunch of data there and it was totally dynamic and um, excellent SDKs to plug into your apps and it just worked out the box. And then there was a little admin dashboard that people could use to cool. control the data. So did you get positive responses from the advertisers? Um, we got, I wouldn't say they were positive. They were very much, um, they couldn't really see the value of the return. It was a lot about return. Like they couldn't justify being on the app or paying X amount of money to be on the app um, without being able to track conversion or that whole side of it. Um, and uh, it was very hard for them to, yeah, it's this justification of, A, they've probably never done this before or if they have, it's it's for a website and they weren't sure on how mobile apps would, would do. Um, so it was an un- unknown market and we're, we were kind of screaming from rooftops, but no one really bit. Yeah, I mean, when when we had like the amount of sessions, because um, we built in analytics early on, just around usage of like how many how long people were in the app for, and like how many times they used it, our session counts were insane. And like when we showed those to other people, they almost wouldn't believe it because it was too good. But it's like, no, this is the sort of engagement you get on mobile. It's a completely different ballgame to like web stuff that you're probably used to. And some some were a bit more open than others. Some did understand. Yeah. Um, and then it would just fall down at the, the hurdle of, of pricing. And that, that might have been pro- just naivety on our side because we hadn't yeah. really sold like that before. And what pricing were you were you <laughs> asking for? I have no idea. I th- I think it was um, it, it was it was more pricing around um, them being visible on the app. It was never about commission or um, affiliate links. We didn't mm-hmm. we didn't really consider that because that there was no real tracking yeah. from their point of view. So, And how much was it to, to you know, be on the app, be featured? Maybe it was a couple of hundred quid. Um, yeah, around that ballpark. Flat fee or per? Uh, it was probably, I can't remember now, but it, it was probably a month, every month. It, yeah, it was probably less than that. Uh, we just tried to go low ball it as well. But yeah, not great response, really. Okay, sure. Yeah. Any changes there in hindsight? Should you have gone for larger businesses? You you know you may be a your top man, kind of. Yeah, yeah. That there was a lot of opportunity of um, doing advertisement in there, um, but it was all about proving the value. And we were targeting local companies, and they really had no idea of what te- technology was or how yeah. useful it could be. We we did have some success that comes a bit later on with this. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So V two, you've got you got all these ideas for V two. You you've built that kind of server side of the product. What happens next? Uh yeah, rush to launch really. Um there was not so at that point we were kind of like looking around as well and being like, are other students looking to do the same thing? Because we wanted to obviously start to proposition the university and be like, How about you adopt this? Um we knew in that current form it was too rough, it was not gonna be adopted. So we knew we had to step up the game. And we were just looking around at like what other people were doing, and, and there was some people who were like, "Yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it so much better and stuff like this." And then, um, like, they never launched in in the end. And so at that point, we were kind of rushing to get this out. And then one day we were like, "Okay, it's ready." And I think that took around like two, three months. So like a lot longer cycle than last time, but it was like a whole new level. It was so much better than what we'd done before. It's the best product we'd made so far. Yeah, and it it was also targeted on iPad. I think that was the main consideration as well. Yeah, it added loads of new features. Um, one that I particularly loved was like uh, you could actually store like files within the app and like annotate them and 
and um, so that was really useful for revision notes. And again, like we actually did this during the exam period, um, like a lot of the planning, because that's kind of the time for us, and it, we tend to found find was we would be really motivated and have really good ideas around businesses or around products during exam season. And that's because you're obviously your mind's like a much more active and mm. and, um, and much more productive. You'd much rather be doing that than studying, oh, yes. for example. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and so you're thinking of other stuff you really want to do instead. And um, but it was really good for us when you're working on a student focus app to come up with new features. Yeah. Um, and we would just pencil it down, and then I tried to build as much as I could in, yeah. in a short amount of time. Um, and I think at that point as well, we were we obviously were starting to build native rather than using mm. a platform. Um, so it also meant making the decision to separate kind of the development side of things and, and the uni app on Android was then actually quite different from yeah. uni app on iOS um, and they started to differentiate. Yeah, Android took a big butt seat, really. Um, it was still on the, uh, the V0.01 or 2. Um, and I think we made the decision based on our users, um, the number of users we had. It was still... Android was probably still in the hundreds, whereas iOS was in the thousands. Yeah. Um, so we made a big conscious decision of, oh, let's just run with UniApp on iOS and focus our attention on that. Um, it's not to say we didn't maintain the Android version. It was just, it worked. And yeah, the, the main appeal of targeting the iOS users was, I think, yeah, everyone wanted the iOS version. Yeah, and and we just wanted to make it. We wanted to make it look better and make it look like a polished app that the university could adopt tomorrow if mm. they wanted to. Yep. That was the goal. Yep. And yeah, it was released and it and it went down really well. Like again, like really good reviews and people just picked up on it. I don't think there was any negative feedback from like, oh, I missed this from version one because it was just such a good mm. improvement. We made sure we didn't omit really anything. Everything that was in version one was still in version two. We added on a few things as well as give us the opportunity to dynamically change things within the app. So that became particularly useful when it's like, okay, let's advertise stuff over Freshers Week or, um, yeah. you know, various times over there. Sure. The, um, yeah, the big um, big thing we added in version 2 as well was push notifications. Um, and Paz kind of supported push notifications out of the box, so it's it a very easy implement implementation of it. But push notifications was pretty much like that was huge for us. Um, we didn't, we didn't, we'd used it quite minimally. However, the times we did use it was mainly for marketing or for a viral effects. So I remember, um, I think it was in our maybe end of second year or, or third year. Um, there was such a thing called the Harlem Shake. Do you remember that, Alex? I do indeed. And it was <laughs> what like music. Did you partake uh, in in one? over your time just uh, um, as an interesting uh, side note I don't believe I mean there was a lot of half-hearted attempts <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, to yeah. say the least okay um, yeah. but carry on um, so maybe we should explain what Harlem Shake is for those non-Harlem <laughs> people uh, what was it it was like a, uh, it was a song it was a song, was a song. so it, it played and everyone was not moving up to the stage and then when it when it dropped everyone went crazy and someone had organised a Harlem Shake to happen in Park Bar. <laughs> uh, Park Bar is just a bar on campus. Um, and someone, I think someone posted on Facebook and we saw it. Uh, and there was only, I don't know, maybe 100 people going. So we sent a push notification to all our users saying, <laughs> Harlem Shake is happening in Park Bar now. Uh, go there. It's starting at 7 o'clock. That's like an emergency alert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Brilliant. Yeah, it's amazing because we, we, as we had an analytics in the app itself, um, you could see that people got an application, they opened it, and it, it was a huge number of people that opened the app yeah, sure. after that. And um, people screenshotted the app, they screenshotted the notification, and then they posted it on Twitter, and that that side of thing was like really cool, and that yeah. that kind of got the word out even more. Uh, it must have been really rewarding for you to have that kind of channel of you know outreach. Yeah. And see that, definitely. Yeah, I'm not too sure the university was a fan of it. So, <laughs> at this at this time around third year, um, because the app was kind of you know obviously we were gearing it towards hopefully becoming the university app, and so the university we we're starting to get a bit more and more nervous around being perceived as the people that are maintaining the app, and they were getting started getting queries around um, 
oh, this doesn't work, or uh, I don't even know like what queries they would have. But uh, yeah, at that point, there was nothing really um, in there. But they, they basically were getting confused. Some people were getting confused between who actually built the app. And we just made, again, tried to make a conscious effort of explaining. It's made by students, for students, and always trying to make sure that it wasn't easy to confuse. So was that kind of like feature requests, bug requ bug fix requests? Well, the thing is, at that point, the university was a mixed bag of people. You'd get people still, again, who were really supportive, but the the loudest people in the room were usually the ones that weren't that supportive. And they would be really tr almost condescending in the way that, like, you really shouldn't be doing this. And it's like, okay, why not? Like, I remember a distinct one where we had this round table of like digital development teams, legal, um, like advisory people, deans of like schools who you're apparently meant to never see unless you're in really big trouble. And they, about 80% of the room were like, no, you shouldn't be doing this. And then we were like, well, we're here, we're discussing like mobile platforms and how the university could leverage this. And if we hadn't done that, we wouldn't be here. And so like, you shouldn't be stifling or telling people off for like their innovation almost or like ambition. You should be trying to work with them. And some people got that, some people didn't. And it, it kind of continued in that vein. It was the first of many very frustrating meetings that we had of university at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. It, st it started to get to us and we were like, okay, this is probably will be harder than what we thought it would. Like there's going to be significant hurdles to overcome. And it was all based around people. Like we started getting the fact that it was really fragmented. It wasn't just one person who goes, yep, we'll buy it. It's like, no, there's quite a lot of different teams and we weren't even sure like who was doing what. Mm. But luckily we did have the support of kind of just the right people. We had the support of like people in engineering who were like really influential because they'd been there for many years. We had a digital development team who obviously pretty much have final say on anything that's digital. Um, and they were kind of holding off legal on our behalf. So it was kind of like an internal struggle just so that we could stay yeah. uh, in the app store. Yeah. So were you, after these challenges, did you did you ever think, you know what, Steve, maybe this is trickier than, than we thought, or did you persevere? I definitely thought that, yeah. <laughs> I, I've, yeah, I mean, Steve's always been um, headstrong in like, believe in i'd say whereas i have not uh yeah I, I think i always thought that um uh why have we got so many users on it if it's not something that people don't want and it was just the, the pure usage count and everyone used it every single day um there was hardly any drop-offs and that's what kept us going i think it was just the fact that people are using it every day people love it it doesn't matter what the university is saying really at this point just yeah, just keep going and make the best products that people want um, even if you don't make money from it that's yeah whereas sometimes I'd come out of these meetings and be like why are we bothering mm. why are we bothering trying to help you know the university essentially we're yeah. trying to help them get uh, you know a foot not into the future but like you know trying to help them get up to speed on things at the time they were severely lacking against other universities in the digital department yeah um and so we're like, look, we just couldn't get, I, I couldn't personally understand like why they wouldn't embrace it. And it was, it was really frustrating. And, and it was at those times where you're like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I should, yeah. if we should keep doing it. Well, on that note, thanks so much for listening. This is just the first half of the story. Next time we'll cover meeting our third partner of UniApp and launching version three and the lead up to our final push for the university's adoption of the product and what we're up to with UniApp now. <laughs>